Let's do it. Welcome to Royal Rumble 93, part one. Yeah, I'm Dom. And I'm Than. And here we are enjoying our third pay-per-view as we relive early 90s syndicated professional wrestling. Okay, so it is uh, Royal Rumble, January 24th, 1993. Your hosts are Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. Unfortunately, I haven't gotten to the actual Rumble yet. I just watched up to what I assumed we were watching up to today, which was through our unveiling of Narcissus. Yes, that's exactly where I stopped. So that's perfect. Yeah. So I haven't watched the actual rumble that we'll have to kind of figure out how we want to do that. But right off the bat, I just feel like this is going to be a tough one for us tonight. Not that it's bad. I think this is actually like as far as the matches that I've watched so far, I've really enjoyed them. I think they've been really, really good matches, but I'm used to like making fun of stuff. Yes. And there's not a lot to make fun of on this one. Yeah, it's true. This is our third pay-per-view and it's probably the one with the best matches overall. Yeah. Definitely. Probably because you have Sean and Brett in very prominent spots, both doing title defenses. Yeah. But even beyond that, the, the Steiners match is good. Even the Boss Man Bigelow match is pretty good. Not a fan of the the Bo Blake match, but... We'll, we'll oh, really? Yeah. Well, we'll get into that in just a second because that's going to be our first match up. But before we get to that, let us set the scene. Where is the Arco Arena? Yes, we are at the Arco, A-R-C-O Arena, mm. known as the Power Balance Pavilion from mm. 2011 to 2012, and the Sleep Train Arena, one of the worst names I've ever heard for an <laughs> arena, from 2012 until the arena's closure. It is now a oh. defunct indoor arena located in Sacramento, California. Opened in 1988, so lasted until 2000. And 16. And the arena was named for the Sleep Train, a chain of mattress and bed retailers based in Rockland, California. They have since been rebranded to Mattress Firm stores. Oh, Mattress Firm got them. Yes, they did. But can you imagine that Sunday, Sunday, Sunday <laughs> excitement at the Sleep Train Arena? <laughs> it just comes in and everything's blues. I don't know. Apparently, a train that gets you to sleep. That was their thinking. We're a mattress company, but we got to really energize this shit. What do we got to do? <laughs> no, they want people to fall asleep. So it should be like, you know, cozy sleep or something mm -hmm. like comfortable. That sleep train, that doesn't sound uh, comfortable at all. I've never been able to sleep on a train as of now that I think about it. I've never been on a train long enough to sleep on it. Yeah. Well, anyway, we get a couple of crowd shots sold out as they have been telling us for quite some time now. And one of the first signs that I noticed very prominently shown in the one of the first shots we get is somebody that only had a red and black marker that wrote the WWF in red and then it said Arco Arena next to it. That's the owner of the Arco Arena. Yeah. Now, I know they're calling this thing live, but they looked comped in. We get Gorilla Monsoon in Velvet. He's purple mm, velvet. Velvet Gorilla. That sounds like the a name of a 90s band, Velvet Gorilla. Yeah, Velvet Gorilla. <laughs> after Guns N' Roses broke up and before the dude from Stone Temple Pilots joined. Yeah. yeah. They were Velvet <laughs> Gorilla. <laughs> yeah, so we get him in his velvet. We get Bobby Heenan in his yeah. string tie. This is my favorite combo of announcers ever. Well, yeah, I agree with that. I would put Gorilla and Bobby up there with Gorilla and Jesse. I always enjoyed Gorilla and Jesse the Bobby as well. Uh, I wonder what Gorilla and King would have been like. That would have been interesting. Yeah. They were around the same time. They could have, they, there might actually be Gorilla King out there. there. Yeah. That'd be kind of neat to see them in the booth together. Gorilla King also sounding like a burger joint from the <laughs> 70s. We're hitting them all today. Yeah. Very good. A little bit of banter back and forth between them. Of course, 
Bobby Heenan is very ready to uh, announce the narcissist. Narcissist. He keeps saying the narcissist. The narcissist. Yeah, I caught but, that because Gorilla's like pumping the, about the show. He's talking yeah. all about the show, the show, the show. And it looks like Bobby can't get a word in. Yeah. Which is where I thought he was going, but he doesn't. He's like, who cares about any of this? Yeah. Yeah. This is the debut of Narcissus. And yeah. I like I, I caught my ear because they were calling him the narcissist towards the yes. end of the four-week promotion. But they went back to Narcissus. I don't know if there's some confusion because, of course, we'll get to it at the end of this episode. But on the on the screen, when they finally do debut him, it says Narcissist. Right. I think there, there's some confusion backstage as to what he is called. Is it his name or is it his attitude? Yes, his persona. Well, we missed a match. I don't know if you, you caught this, if you did any any background research. There was a match uh, before this started that uh, we did not see. Oh, man. It was a roughly six-minute dark match okay. between Doink the Clown and Jimmy Powers. Oh, not Jimmy Powers. Jimmy Powers goes down to Doink? Jimmy Powers went down to Doink, and he actually opened the show. He used the warm-up act before the pay-per-view started. Man, I would have liked to see that one. That's probably got to be somewhere online. <laughs> didn't gems of Royal Rumble, <laughs> Jimmy Powers versus Doink. That's got to be in there somewhere. Well, I mean, would that be technically Doink's first match? On a pay-per-view? Well, just in general. Because we haven't seen him, at least on TV. I don't know if he's been... Right, he's never wrestled. No, he's not. Uh, I don't know if he's been doing house shows, but we haven't seen him wrestle up to this point. So that could have been his first match. Speaking of first matches, we immediately hit the Beverly Brothers. I don't think we have ever heard the Beverly Brothers music. No, that, that's because they're always like in the ring. In the ring already. Yeah, they we get a full entrance of the Beverly Brothers. And one thing I noticed is the Beverly Brothers are not from Beverly. No, no, <laughs> did, you, did you catch it? Shaker Heights, Ohio? Are, yes, they are from Shaker that Heights, sucks. Ohio. <laughs> that's terrible. So this is yet another weird layer to their gimmick, which makes no sense whatsoever. I had to actually look up Shaker Heights. Is it at least like a prominent city in Ohio? And it's not. No. No, it's a, it's a city in Cuyahoga County, Ohio. As of the 2020 census, the city's population is 29,000. Oh, great. So this is a small city. I don't understand how this persona came out of Shaker Heights, Ohio. Okay, we're brothers from yeah. Ohio. Yeah. We're called Beverly, <laughs> but we are magicians. Yeah. Okay. It's, okay. That's <laughs> going to be our thing. We're magicians named Beverly from mm. Ohio. <laughs> I don't get it. One thing I really appreciated was the Fink. He announces him as Bo Blake. Yay. Because once again, I have no idea which one's which. So I just kept calling them Bo Blake 1 and Bo Blake 2. It was like Thing 1 and Thing 2 throughout this entire match. Their music is awful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's so bad. It's, it's yet another Casio MIDI masterpiece. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense with their gimmick. But nothing makes sense about their gimmick. Yeah. Their gimmicks are just all over the place. They got 19 gimmicks totally unrelated to each other. Yeah. We're Vegas magicians from Ohio named Beverly. Yes. Did they add the tassels and the stars to their capes? Maybe. I noticed like the capes that they came in had these huge like macho man tassels yeah they look like pillows <laughs> yeah <laughs> attached like on the front with these with these ties that had stars hanging off of them yeah i mean they're flashy but they're not flashy for any particular reason no what do the stars have to do with the beverly's there was absolutely no commentary from gorilla or bobby during their entrance did you notice that it was like <laughs> it was like the birds there was no music maybe they just didn't want to speak over uh the fink but one thing I noticed, there's no Fredo Macho to be found. Oh, yeah. I can handle things. I'm smart. Not like everybody says. Like the genius, nowhere in here. Gone. Good. Wow. We haven't seen the genius in quite some time. Wow. That's, uh, yeah. Well, you know, wipe it down. Keep moving. Keep moving. <laughs> Puffo out. Yeah. So we get Beverly's in the ring and the Steiners come down to the Midikin fight song <laughs> the, the, yeah the michigan midi i, I love it the, the midi midigan midigan might fight song yes uh, the, I, I like how the the faces come down so quick and so angry that the fink jumps out mid announcement he doesn't <laughs> even get to call the the stutters he's like 
And now coming down the aisle, and he just has to run out of the ring. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm not getting involved in this. That's right. Uh, the bell rings, and we get a little bit of jabbing back and forth. Mm-hmm. Bo Blake won, playing the quintessential heel yes. in this whole thing. By every time that Scott Steiner gets a leg up on him, he, he's, you know, he's saying he's pulling his tights or he's pulling his hair. Yes. He's taken down by the leg, the leg, like nowhere mm-hmm. near his waist, the leg. Yeah. And he tells the ref he was uh, pulled by his tights. And then his arm dragged, he tells the ref he was pulled by the hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Neither of them are any close to letting No, not, not even close. It's like him getting, uh, you know, tripped and saying he got poked in the eye. Ow. They, they, both of those things hurt, but not true. But yes. Here's why I did not like this match. Okay. So when we have the Beverly's versus a red tight, we see mm-hmm. like these devastating Beverly brother moves, like the head spike into the ground, like they're killer moves. Like they oh, absolutely yeah. dominate and destroy red tights. Yeah. But every time we've seen them fight faces, they play chicken cheaty heels mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. don't do any major killer moves. They're just, you know, storytelling is cheaters and chicken shits. That, that is true. Yeah. They're, they're playing the ever present heels in this rather than, you know, the kick ass heels. Yeah. They're not, they're not doing anything Beverly. Yeah. They're basically Red tights. They're acting yeah. like red tights. Yeah. Heel red tights. Yes. Uh, the Beverly's get to get the upper hand for like one move early on in the match. And mm-hmm. that's all they give them. Like they get one move and then they get the shit beaten out of them. One belly to belly suplex looks like the thing that took Big E out a couple weeks ago. Like it looks like someone gets hurt. Fatality. Yeah, there's a couple moves in this match in general that just look like, I don't know if it was a mistake or they're just really good at taking them and taking them hard and dealing with it. Because there was a couple of times where it, it didn't look like they were going to get up. You had mentioned a couple of weeks back that nobody ever wanted to fight with the Steiner brothers because they would hurt you. <laughs> yeah, and, like they would legitimately be able to kill you. They're yeah, like- and I fully believe it after this match because especially uh, towards the end, I want to get into it just yet but the the very last move was not pretty some of the things that i have written down here i tried to do as much commentating on these as i as i possibly could so the first time that scott tries to take down bo blake i can't remember if it's one or two but he he drags him down by the arm and it looks like he almost rips his arm off of his body it's but a scratch a scratch your arm's off that one was a pretty nasty one do you think at a certain point you just don't know your own strength? Like you go for an arm drag and then you're holding the guy's severed limb and you're like, well, so- <laughs> sorry, friend. Oops. Rick's in the ring and he catches Bo Blake 2 in mid leapfrog mm-hmm. and just power slams him to the ground. Yes. That was devastating. Basically, they're tossy toys for the Steiners. They're like ragdolls. And I know they're new and trying to put them over as like, look how awesome this new team is. And you don't really want it all that competitive. But mm-hmm. this could have been a really awesome competitive match between two kick-ass teams. Yeah. If they were willing to give the Beverly's any like sustained any. offense. Yeah, there was not really anything. Like they get a little bit just so they can pull the whole hot tag move. Did you see how they did this? The hot tag is Blake throwing scott into rick for the tag like they're throwing <laughs> the opponent into the other guy for the tag they assisted it, their own demise that's, that's like kicking the soccer ball into your own goal that's yeah basically <laughs> it some of the other moves that i have here rick tags scott in and he does a belly to belly slam gorilla is just says that he is glad he's retired <laughs> that's the one i was scared of <laughs> Because even Gorilla's like, oh, wow. <laughs> That's not what you want to see. Yeah. Again. I think yeah. his neck is still attached. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, the one that was, that was like, wow, I just saw Big E break his neck on something extremely similar. Because it takes him like two oomphs to <laughs> get him over. Like the first leap, he's like, oh, I think you're sandbagging. You got to give me a little help. And then he does it yeah. again and barely gets him over. And these are not small people. Now, I mean, the Beverly brothers are humongously big guys. Both teams are about the same size. Actually, I would just say the Steiners are a little bit more like built muscular. Up. Yeah. 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 It's seven minutes, 30 seconds in Scott has to take two tries to get Bo Blake over Ooh. to Bo Blake's credit. He gets his head all the way around. So it doesn't land on his head or his neck. He lands on his back. Yeah. One of the moves that the Beverly's do get is a good uh, double underhook suplex. Yes. By, by Blue Blake on Scott. But of course, Scott has to one up him with a double underhook powerbomb. These are bigger red tights for the Steiners to throw around. 
Mm-hmm. The weird thing was the ending because the coolest things about the Beverly Brothers is their finisher. And it mm-hmm. wasn't even like they went for it and there was some kind of counter or they went for it and the ref didn't see or nothing like that. They just chose to use the Legion of Doom's finisher. Yeah, that was weird. Because for the Doomsday, the fight. I thought that's what that looked like. I was like, why are they doing, yeah, why are they doing that move? But you could tell that it wasn't going to work because first of all, it took way too long to set up mm-hmm. and then secondly Bo Blake who's in the ring that has a Scott on his shoulders is way too far away it felt like one of those you know we talked about this when Legion of Doom was still here is like they used to like just mess with each other to see how far it could make them jump yes <laughs> it looked like that and the reason of course he was that far away was so like Scott could do this little monkey roll so he wouldn't get too close to the corner I'm assuming he had to be far enough away so they could pull that off 10 minutes and seven seconds is the ultimate FU. Okay. One of the Bo Blakes has Scott Steiner in a Boston Crab. And instead of Steiner, like selling that it hurts, he starts doing push ups <laughs> in yeah. the Boston Crab. And of course, the other Bo Blake comes in and just like starts kicking him. He's like, F you. Making us look like assholes. Yeah, stop it. It'd be like like reading a book in the figure four leg lock. <laughs> War and peace. I'm going to be here through. all day. Call me Ishmael. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, we're going to be here for a while. Okay. Uh, got Melville out. <laughs> yeah, he gets him over the Boston Crab, and, and Scott's like, hey, this is going to be fun. Um, it's just working out in the Boston yeah. Crab. Yep. It starts doing a few push-ups there. Oh my, oh my gosh. Yes, that is very, I get a little bit of double team going here. And of course it doesn't work. We end with the, the Frankensteiner. And this is the one that I just thought went way wrong because Bo Blake just lands straight on his head. When he gets flipped over by Scott Steiner, Scott Steiner goes up, you know, puts his legs up and, and does his little flip thing. But Bo Blake gets air literally gets air and just lands straight on his head. It looks nasty. I, I think they just had to like wipe the mat down after they were done there because you don't even see the Beverly's leave. So they're teasing the doomsday device with mm-hmm. one of the Bo Blakes holding Scott Steiner up and the other Bo Blake going up to the turnbuckle to go, I guess, give him a clothesline or something. Mm-hmm. But Scott kind of rolls off of him. I think he should have just Frankensteinered him from there. He's like already up there. He's like, you, you put me by your neck already. Thank you. Yeah. Just flip yourself down and throw him over. Actually, yeah, that would have made sense. Just kind of, yeah, flip around and boom. There boom. you go. Gotcha. Done. Yeah. Don't put me on your shoulders. When my yeah. finishing move is flip you from the shoulders. Yes. You've already done half the work for me. Thank you. Earlier, Rick Steiner did the best double clothesline of all time because uh, Gorilla actually thinks it doesn't work. Both Bo Blakes are trying to double team uh, Rick Steiner and they throw him into the ropes and Rick comes out with both his arms for a double clothesline. But clotheslines oh, yeah. one of them, hits the other ropes and then clotheslines the others. He does a double, just yeah. one at a time. Just one at a time. The girl's like, oh, double clothesline, that didn't work. And then Rick takes out the other guy. He's like, never mind. <laughs> Second guy's like, I'll wait my turn. Somebody awesome. decided to take like 15 sheets of paper. Oh, yes. And write out Frankenstein. <laughs> yes. Oh, they have a couple. In this one. Yes. I think they did excellence of execution later on, didn't they? <laughs> They're writing novels with the papers. In the it's like frantically cl- clipping out pages out of a trapper keeper. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Look at me. I'm in the fifth row. It's me, your son. <laughs> it, just, yeah. it just keeps going. <laughs> the funniest one I have ever seen in the history of ever is when uh, a crowd wrote out the entire New Age Outlaw speech. <laughs> it's like, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and girls children, children of all. And just kept That's on like awesome. rapping around the arena. Pro dogs looking at it, just pointing, like, look at this shit. This is great. That's awesome. Didn't even have to remember it that week. <laughs> yeah, he just ran it off the <laughs> little teleprompter there. That's great. I think after the match, we get a little bit of the brain scan, but I feel like something went wrong. Doesn't with it. work. Yeah. Yeah. Something... It goes all wavy and he's complaining that it's not working. Brain yeah. scan, by the way, very less than the magistrator anyway. Oh, yes. I mean, yeah. I was waiting for him to try and, you know, pull off some sort of weird picture like he did at Survivor Series with the turkey and all that, the stuffing. I don't even know what he was going for here. He had like arrows on the screen and, you know, snow on the left side and, and then it just kind of fell yeah, apart. Yeah, so. the technology was messing with his bit too because he's like trying to come up with something funny visually and yeah. it's just not working. Yeah, and He's off his rhythm. It's, it's, I felt bad for the brain there. Yeah. That Get some better shit, Vince. Yeah, right. 
Come on. Oof. Ooh. Ooh, they show the Frankensteiner in slow motion, and it does not look pretty. That looked like it hurt. They got this enormous, like, Sony VCR on top of another monitor, like, just stacked. That's awesome. I love uh, how, like, they're running a major production with state-of-the-art material that we threw out of our basement, like, five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of this stuff in, like, the storage room in my school right now. Yeah, literally, if we had a bunch of old shit, we would have the exact same production value of 93. We go to uh, Gorilla and the Brain there in the booth. And this is the first time I remember them doing like lead up stories to the matches. Because this happens a couple of times. We get our first sort of trailer, if you will, for the next match, which is Shawn Michaels versus Marty Jannetty. So they kind of go through this whole thing, even going further back than we saw when they were still the Rockers, of course. Yes, once upon a time. Yeah. These people were the Rockers. <laughs> Narrated by Gene, of course. 16-year-old <laughs> jumping up and down. like oh, yeah. They were awesome, but not really. Yes. They were awesome with moves like this. Yes. <laughs> And this, look what they used to do. But yeah, there was some trouble. There was some trouble and then cut to the barbershop mm -hmm. scene, which we have seen and talked about quite a few times there. Got to be Janetti's best highlight, right? Oh yeah. If you think of Marty Janetti, that's what you think of. Pretty much, you know, we've established this several times throughout this podcast is that I did not watch it this time, but I knew this happened. Right. Like I knew this was a thing. I did not ever see the comeback. Like when we first watched the, the match that Shawn Michaels had where Janetti comes back, I had never seen that before, but I knew that I knew the barbershop scene. Yeah. Everybody knows the barbershop scene. I, I never saw, what's his face? Superfly get hit by the coconut. Everybody knows that clip too. Yep. Which yep. is why I think we need the side set interview segment back. Oh Yeah. I mean, there's so many classic moments with these hosts and Brother Love and the Funeral Parlor and mm -hmm. Piper's Pit. Steak Pit. Lose to two chairs in the rings. That's so cheap. First of all, we're talking about production value where they run this thing off of VCRs and probably any one of us with free software could have a better production today mm. oh, than yeah. what we're watching now. And now look at this multi-billion dollar conglomerate that's worldwide with production values up the wazoo. They got like, a friggin' CGI version of uh, yeah. Roman Reigns popping out of nowhere. Yeah. And our interview segments are two folding chairs in the mm -hmm. ring. Like, the barbershop should literally be a barbershop at this point with the, with the amount of money they throw at production. But we get two chairs for Ms. TV. Every once in a while, you would get the Geritron... You know, yeah, 5, at least 000. you got the Jerichon 5000, <laughs> which is just hilarious. <laughs> but look at this. I'm looking like a fully decked out set of a barbershop with a real barber's chair and mirrors mm. and barber products, a rug. I mean, they, it's a set. Yeah. What the frig? WWE with your yeah. two chairs. I'm not counting the $50 swing set you bought for uh, Alexa Bliss. <laughs> Alexa Bliss. <laughs> yeah, that was that was small production value right there. Yeah, this is great. Bring this stuff back. And because look, you got memorable moments for 30 years. Everybody's yeah. seen this clip. To this day, Sean hasn't wrestled in 12 years, not counting that bullshit in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. But everybody knows the barbershop. Yeah, yep. They do. Yes, but we get the clip of uh, the return a year later of Guns and Janetti. Yes, after being horribly thrown through the windshield, coming back after an eight-month recovery. <laughs> that's what he should have been. Marty Janetti for Safe Light. <laughs> you go through your windshield? Yeah. Call Safe Light. Yeah, I did. They're the best. They were able to replace the barbershop window while I was at work. And this I can't catch a break because the day he comes back, he shatters a mirror. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's he's <laughs> got all sorts of bad luck coming up. Yeah. This guy can't get around glass without breaking yeah. it. Should... Oh, man. Yeah. Don't bring this guy to Rattenberg. You want to try some glass blowing? No. 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 <laughs> Run away. Jeanette goes into like the China section of the department store. Like, get that guy out of here. <laughs> no. I just have a bad vibe here. Yeah. I mean, why hasn't that changed? Like, you got moms going, oh, I got to get my kid out of here. He's like a Jeanette in a China shop. <laughs> It's like a Janetti at a barbershop. That's a good one. I'm going to use that and nobody will know what I'm talking about. No, it's talking about, oh my God, it's like a Janetti at a barbershop. Janetti at a barbershop. <laughs> All right. Well, on to the next match. Shawn Michaels versus Marty Janetti. 
our first person coming down the ring is Sherry. Yes. Alone. Yeah. By herself, very pouty, sporting the full-on afro and an SS tattooed on her cheek. So we've yes. got Nazi Sherry. Nazi now. Sherry. <laughs> oh, well, that's good because we don't have Nazi Moo Man after this, this, this show. I don't think oh, we sorry. ever get Nazi Moo Man again. I don't even know if he makes the rubble, but I know no. we don't have Max Moon ever again. So we, we lost our favorite uh, yes. gimmick. So I want her to keep the SS on. I know, of course, it stands for Sensational Sherry, but you don't for, know our that. Purpose, for our purposes, you don't know she that. is Nazi Sherry. Nazi, Nazi <laughs> Sherry. Yes. Yes. I will have to come up with a good voice for her. Yeah. 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 I feel like hers would be much lower. Like, yeah. <laughs> Knitting circle. Marty Janetti comes out next. Oh my God. In what I, can only be described as a string version of the Michelin man's outfit. <laughs> I said it looked like he had spaghetti on his tights. <laughs> He's just covered in string. Yes. He's a ball of yarn. Several tassels. There's 15 cats are following him into the ring. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was going on. It didn't look like that would be the best wrestling outfit to wrestle in. No, he's like, going to get caught on everything. Yeah, exactly. And it makes him look bloated. Yeah, it does. The, the white is not flattering. When Sean comes out, he's in gold, but this this is still the era of Shawn Michaels' chaps being not part of his outfit. Mm -hmm. He has to take the chaps off as opposed to the chaps kind of being built in and they kind of, it's phony chaps. Yeah. Where it's all one piece. So when he takes his gold outfit off, he's got a lot going on. He's got a gold <laughs> outfit, a blue belt. Yeah, I did have that written down, yeah. And then when he takes the chaps off, his pants are white. So both Marty and Sean are wrestling in the same color trunks. Sean's <laughs> got like the gold hearts. And Marty's got on. string all over it. Yes, Marty's fully stringed. The uh, dumbest outfit I've ever seen. Yeah, that is, that is a horrible wrestling outfit. I don't get that one. Oh, Do you think like Janetti comes back, he's like, God damn it, this is excellent. Finally, the Rockers will explode. <laughs> we got great matches. You guys both fly like crazy. It's going to be wonderful. Well, we're going to put you on the next pay-per-view. And then Janae comes out in the string outfit. He's like, what the hell is he wearing? Get him the hell out. This is what did it right here. Well, anyway, we got the uh, Shawn Michaels coming down. Gorilla calls Shawn the wrestler of the 90s, which, yeah, I can see that. He was. He was. He was definitely one of them. I was definitely out there. You know. He's a wrestler in the yeah, 90s. 90s uh, we get a little bit of a uh, standoff in the center of the ring. Sean invites Sherry into the ring at first, but of course she does not move. She's just kind of staring at him very blankly. She is such a pro. She's got this great outfit and she's doused herself in glitter. So the lights are hitting everything. I find it really, really interesting that she can pull off looking extremely like whorish when she's a heel. She's still got like a ton of makeup on here, but she doesn't look as evil. She knows how to fix herself up so she can kind of look sympathetic. Look sympathetic. I thought yes. that was really, really cool. Sherry is the best. Yeah. She's just really the best. Yeah. She knew how to do it. She's uh, so busy being annoying that I think most people at the time didn't realize how good she was. Mm -hmm. Being annoying is what she, what she was supposed to do. So like, even that was great. Yep. Here's the weird thing about this match. You got the Rockers. Like the mm -hmm. most high flyingest high flyers of the time mm -hmm. in a slow ground match. Yeah, I did notice that before even watching this match, I was expecting to be one of those do a bunch of really, really fast moves and then a hold and then right. another sequence of fast moves and then a hold. It really didn't do that no. in this. I thought the match was good and there was a lot of really, really good storytelling in this match, but it was not the match that I expected it to be. No, I expected them to be bouncing all over the place. But yeah, bouncing and flying and jumping. And there were some good spots uh, in it. I think it was this match, or maybe it was a, a later match, but this might be one of the first times I ever saw somebody like jump out, you know, through. Yeah, I think it was Janetti actually jumps out onto uh, Shawn Michaels. About 22 minutes, four, uh, four seconds in, a little bit before that, he knee lifts Shawn out of the ring. Mm hmm. That I've never seen. Before. Yeah, right there. There it is. And yep. then, yeah, then he jumps through the top rope and the middle rope right onto Shawn Michaels, right in front of three girls that think they were going to a poison concert. Well, it almost looks like a poison concert. <laughs> and the only thing missing from this match is like CC. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They, they got Shawn Michaels, Brett Michaels, Brett Hart. Yeah, it's not I, too hard. I think, yeah, the rocker Shawn Michaels. Give, give that man a guitar. Around uh, the same time, Brett Michaels is singing Every Rose Has a Thorn. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's a coincidence. No. 
Do you think Brett uh, Michaels is like really a big Shawn Michaels fan? It's like, uh, that's, I, that's me. I if I was wrestling. They should have been a tag team. The Michaels yeah. brothers. <laughs> yeah. The, the three ladies outside the ring. I see. Yes. I think one of them is CC. CC DeVille is sitting out by yeah. the ring. Yeah. I think Sherry gets more offense in, in a lot of this. <laughs> she does eventually. Yeah. <laughs> as this one goes out back and forth between the two of them, we, we got the storytelling with the, the post. So mm-hmm. Sean rams Janetti's shoulder into the post a couple of times. Right. And then he spends a good amount of the rest of the match attacking said shoulder with various moves. You know, that's that's where the storytelling really comes in here because, you know, Janetti going to be able to function or carry on with a busted shoulder. I think actually at one point, Gorilla actually says, while Janetti's on the floor on the outside, he's looking at his shoulder to see if his clavicle's sticking out. Yes. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple. We don't get pre-med Vince, but we do get a lot of med school monsoon. That's I do like stuff. the, I mean, they call it psychology, but you and I actually had to take real psychology courses. But I did like the idea of you hurt something, so your next bunch of moves are attacking that one thing as opposed yeah. to random spots of, for no reason other than to do them. Which is actually a more boring way to go. You know, mm-hmm. seeing a guy work on a dude's shoulder is not the most exciting thing in the world. But yeah. it makes a lot of sense if you yeah. ran this guy's shoulder into a, a post. He's holding it. It's probably broken. Beat that up. Why would you beat up the healthy parts? Yeah. And, you know, now it's all about like, you know, I need to hit this high spot and this high spot. And I've got like these 10 moves that I really, really want to do. Whereas, and that's the story. Whereas in this day, it was more about focusing on one body part. In these Mm -hmm. longer matches, I should say, focusing on one body part and just kind of working on that. And that was the definition of like a good technical wrestler uh, would do that. Whereas today, a technical wrestler is somebody that can like flip three times or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's an athletic. The one thing that really caught my eye is like the size of high flyers. Like these guys were the small dudes. These guys Mm -hmm. were the high flying, small tag team wrestler. Like Legion of Doom was bigger. Powers of Pain was bigger. Demolition was bigger. These guys Mm -hmm. were the dinky dudes. And they are so much bigger than most wrestlers today. After a good bit of work on Janetti's shoulder, actually the tide gets turned and Sean hits his shoulder into the post. And then whenever Janetti pulls something off, he spazzes out for the crowd. Yeah. Like he starts running in place. <laughs> I have that here. I said Janetti starts to hulk up in a couple of spots. He's so happy he hits an offensive move. Yeah. And he's like, come on, crowd. Yeah. Look what I did. Well, this one uh, comes down to a little bit of meats and cheeses towards the end of it. Oh, we got some charcuterie. We got some charcuterie coming in because Sean winds up for a big roundhouse right and actually hits the ref with his elbow, Mm. which knocks the ref out clean. These refs, I tell you, man, they cannot take a punch at all. You know, I think you're in the wrong business, but he's out for a little while. And that's when Sherry gets involved in the mess. Yes. She uh, tries to lay out Sean with her high heel shoe. Yeah. Which would have been like totally brutal if she like, <laughs> she goes, hits him with the shoe. Next thing you see is Shawn Michaels turning around and the shoe is stuck <laughs> in his eye. Oh no. Oh. That was a nine inch stiletto. Oh. And he's just flailing and just falls over dead. Be like, Holy shit. Blood is burning out of his eye. That took a turn. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Marty's got Sean's kind of in a hold there, and Sherry comes in, is about to hit him with a shoe, and Sean actually gets out of the way. This seems like it's it's more of like a move that you would see with the face being held and then moving out of the way. But I thought that was kind of interesting how the baby faces were using the foreign object and the heel actually gets out of the way. Yeah, the heel avoids being hit illegally. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. After Sherry accidentally lays out Janetti, Sean ends the match with the super kick. Yes. And not the side suplex. I saw that. I said Sean hits sweet chin music to get the three. They called it what they call it, crescent kick or Yeah. I think they called it a crescent kick in this. He doesn't have the moniker of sweet chin music. After Sean gets the three count, Sherry runs away, very distraught by the whole situation. And Gene tries to catch her of all people backstage. I thought that was interesting. Like they kept following her backstage. Right. And she runs into, I guess, the interview-ish area. 
where Jean is and he tries to catch her to kind of, you know, I'm guessing to get a few words from her, but she's way too upset. Sean sees her on the not so Titan Tron, right? Runs back to confront her. And all of a sudden here comes Janetti from nowhere attacks him from behind. And so we know that this feud is not over. That's the move that says we are not done with this one. There is an orange just sitting backstage on some set props. And in the middle of the beatdown between Janetti and Sean, the orange just goes flying. Like somebody tosses the orange during a camera angle change and the orange just starts flying around the room. I would have loved to see like Bam Bam Big Lou like walk through at the end and be like, where's my orange? Yeah, where's... (laughs) I had an orange here. Oh, what? Oh, man. This sucks. That was my dinner. Yeah, come on. <laughs> see what's in the vending machine. Just wanted a little sugar before the match. Now, well, it's, oh, yeah. well. Oh, well. But uh, you never used to see backstage. I remember WCW really being like, yeah, we just showed behind the curtain and we did backstage segments. And here we are in mm-hmm. 93, way before any of that, with a shot of behind the scenes, like behind the curtain. Yeah, good time. Yellow tight Bam Bam Bigelow shows up. Oh, yeah. Always be closing. A always BBC closing. You bought the pay-per-view, but they're hawking a Madison Square Garden show. Yeah, I noticed that. Are they trying to get people to buy tickets? Well, they're not calling it like anything special, like a prime time or Mm-mm. or anything like that. They're just saying show at Madison Square Garden. So yeah. maybe it was just like a glorified house show. I don't know. We've got the boss man playing the red tight. Yeah, unfortunately. Bam Bam's out first to many boos and thumbs down from the crowds. One thing I noticed that when he was in the ring, he starts mouthing the words to his theme music. We established that his song keeps saying Bam Bam in it. Yeah. So every once in a while, when he's sitting there, like kind of walking around waiting for boss man, and you hear the music go Bam Bam, and you just see him mouthing the words Bam Bam. Like, I'm saying those words. It's like, yeah, I remember that recording session. All right, what do I got to do? Well, get close to the mic and just say, bam, 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 bam. Okay, it's lunch. And we're done. Yes, I can do that. What's the screaming lady doing? Don't worry about it. We're going to put her in the, she's she's going to be back in the track. She's like way in the crates. You'll hear the screaming woman doing your bam, bam music. Don't you worry Uh, about it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Bam, bam. <laughs> Bossman comes down, he does his usual run to the ring, but it's a short aisle, so you know, he could still. Bossman has a groupie. Oh, so 39 minutes, about four seconds in, you'll see Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like, yay, Bossman. <laughs> yeah, I think Ray Trailer is like, a, here's the hotel key. I'll see you after the show. Nice. He's going to get a little bit of that Sacramento stink. <laughs> yeah. They're doing the thing where, you know, Bam Bam's a monster. I like how they put like Boss Man against Bam Bam because they're both big guys, but still Bam Bam looks bigger. Oh, yeah. Well, Boss Man just gets his butt kicked during this yeah, whole thing. They're doing so the they... thing where like getting getting the big man down is a victory in itself. Yeah. It's yeah. like when Boss Man finally gets him to one knee. It's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> like, yeah. We um, finally got one. Do I win? Because like <laughs> Boss Man first moves, he's down. Yes. But getting oh, yeah. Bam Bam down takes work and just getting him to his knees like a big deal. Bossman gets two sets of 10 count hits and then he goes for the side noogie. This move <laughs> doesn't make any sense. He puts him kind of like in a headlock on the side and just quickly moves his arm up and down. I don't know what that does to anybody. Well, I noticed the the, the second set of 10 count hit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like uh, they, they're showing him from the back, which is good because the... The, you see like the first hit from the front. It doesn't look like he's actually hitting Bam Bam. So I noticed that, you know, the boss man has his hands taped up. Yes. For this match. I'm wondering if, you know, he did something to them that he couldn't really use his fist that well. Because he looks like he's trying to avoid hitting him badly. His right hand is is taped up like yes. really, really, really well. So I don't know, like maybe he broke it or something or dislocated something, but... It, when he's going for those right hand jabs in the corner, it's 
doesn't even look like it's connecting. Boss yeah. Man gets thrown over the top rope and the brain's like, oh, I guess he just lost the rumble. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, that, that was a good opportunity for our host to explain the rules of the rumble again. <laughs> had this been an actual rumble, the boss yes. man would have had to go back yeah. into the dressing room. When he does get flipped, he looks like he hits his back on the side of the apron really badly. Yes. And, and brain gives the achy breaky back. Yes, quote. there it is. You had to get that in there. Mm -hmm. Happy early 1990s. The interesting thing is like whenever the boss man's getting his ass kicked, mm -hmm. the announcers just quickly switch to talking about the Royal Rumble or the main event. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're yeah. like, hey, we know what this match is about. It's about the boss man getting his ass kicked. So <laughs> let's talk about Bret Hart. Yeah. Brain took that opportunity to let us know that Razor is oozing machismo at this moment. Oh, no. <laughs> He's got a match. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They can't let him do his match. He's oozing. He's oozing all over the place. I just see him like slipping on his way down to the yeah. ring. Keeps yeah. keeps slipping on his, his machismo. Yeah. A&E has that afternoon hit Dr. Machismo Popper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it gets more and more disgusting each week that we have to talk about it. It does. Well, we get pre-med monsoon two times talking about the kidney area. Ah, yes. Yes. Which is weird because Monsoon used to make up all sorts of weird-ass anatomical regions, but he did those with kidney area. And I love what he would because either Brain or Jesse would just call him on it every single time. <laughs> He'd come up like the occipital protuberance area. Yes. It's like that's the back of the neck for everybody that's normal out there. <laughs> My quote of the night for the Brain is, oh, it looks like there's some fight left in the meter maid. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard the boss man called the meter mate. That's but awesome. That's, that is great. This is the first time that I noticed uh, Stu and Helen front row center. I Yes. Yeah. I they, didn't they, notice them until they actually did the close up. Yeah, they did it prominently, but there's one spot in here. I'm just kind of like looking at the front row. I was like, oh, there's Stu and Helen. And yeah, now that I know where they are, it's all I see. Yeah. Like Stu Hart's inert mummy body. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sitting out there with his tongue hanging out of one side of his mouth. Yep. Yeah, like, why do we have to sit through all these matches? I just want to see my son wrestle. On Yeah. On two different occasions, Bam Bam does this hug in, from the back, rest hold. Yeah. The second time I left, went into the kitchen, got a bagel, came back, <laughs> he's still in the hole. Yeah. I mean, these guys are pretty big, so they needed their rest time. So those were the, those were the good rest times for them to kind of catch their breath. They, they do a uh, shot of the nightstick in the corner. Like it's the boss man's manager. <laughs> That'd be great if it was. <laughs> he starts talking to it. Like, it, like it's, it's giving him like advice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Hit him in the back. Okay. <laughs> I'll keep going with that. Yeah. Boss man gets hung on the top rope. Like uh, Bam Bam has him up and then drops his entire head on the top rope and decapitates him. That was my fatality move of this, this match. That looked pretty devastating. Bam Bam threw him well and boss man sold it really well. Cue the drop. Fatality. At the end of the match, it finally does back and forth where it looks like two guys slugging it out where everybody's getting a different power move on each other. This, oddly enough, was faster than the Rocker versus Rocker match. Yeah. Well, I felt like the, the end of the match just happened so quickly. I, it didn't seem like there was a lot of buildup to the last move. I think Bossman gets his patented move that doesn't make any sense where, you know, Bam Bam is kind of hanging his head over that second rope. Yeah. And, and he comes and jumps on top of him. The 911. Yeah, plays <laughs> horsey for a little while. Yeah. And then, you know, and then you see the boss man kind of do like the, you know, circle thing, like I'm getting ready for my finishing move. And then all of a sudden, just like Bam Bam turns around, knocks him to the floor, and he's up on the top rope for his flying headbutt, and it's over. Yeah. That was it. There was nothing really to it. And it was so quick. You're just like, oh, I guess that's the end of the match. You think the ref was like, hey, guys, remember when you hugged each other for nine minutes? You're out of time. Go home. Time for the match to end. So that was that one. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Actually, I like that better than the Shawn Michaels match, if you can huh. believe it. Owen's beatdown is the recap. Yeah. And they interview Razor Ramon in the basketball game. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like Ray Rougeau is following Scott Hall wherever <laughs> he goes, trying to get an interview. He's like, maybe I can get him at the basketball game. The basketball game was actually held in this very arena the night before because this was the home of the Sacramento Kings. I'm okay with that, um, but why is Razor Ramon 
maybe Razor Ramon's there because he likes basketball. Fine. Yeah. Okay. But why is Ray Rougeau there with a camera <laughs> with a, crew? With a camera crew and a WWF microphone. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good question. The problem with Razor's outfit in 1993 is I thought I could wear stuff like this. I never tried to wear anything like that. I did, and I shouldn't yeah. have. I had a father who should have protected me for myself. He'd no. be like, no, get out of that. You look stupid. You should be wearing the gold, man. Yeah, right? The gold around your neck, the gold oh my on God. your fingers, and the gold around your waist. Well, the Fink's calling in Razor, and he's coming in in red tights. He's got red tights with yellow razors on them. So it's Razor Mania. <laughs> it's Razor Mania running wild, <laughs> brother. Yeah. So we get Brett in the full pink, and he does his little promo back here, and he finishes it out with saying something like, I, I'm defending the title and defend I'm going to do. I said, if you drew a picture of Brett's train of thought on this interview, you'd end up with Prince's new name. <laughs> I just said it as Brett thinks he's Yoda. He is all over the place. This is about the title, but it's about my brother, but it's about personal, yeah. but it's about family. It's about revenge. And I'm going to make you pay and yes. pay you shall. You'll And defend I'm going to do. Speaking riddles. Do you think that's what happens? You get the title and you completely become incoherent? You might have to. Maybe that's part of the problem. Do you think the Ultimate Warrior was like, yes, I actually do think that uh, we can find world peace at one time and they drop a belt and it's like, <laughs> and suddenly it's like the skeletons. And like, <laughs> it's a darn belt. They'll do the it belt, every time. Yeah. And Macho's like, yes, I'm like, it's good. Everything's going well. <laughs> they drop the belt in him and he's like, and I'm seeing colors. And I'm like, completely incoherent after that. One of the things that the belt makes you do is it makes you have to cut promos. You kind of have to be good at it. Yeah, unfortunately, Brett is not. No, he's not like, well, he's, sometimes yes, sometimes not. I mean, he's athletically good. He's like, I'm here for a match. I'm going to beat you. Yeah. But he's not like, say your prayers. Yeah, he doesn't have that charisma factor. Yeah, he doesn't have that like up to 10 mm -hmm. high on coke yeah. <laughs> version of interviewing. Yes. They finally show a close up of Stu and Helen who have escaped their tomb and <laughs> made it to ringside. And that's pretty much the only time you see Helen because the rest of the match she's covering her eyes. This time, you know, like when Brett becomes champion, he can't just hand over his glasses to a kid. Like his glasses yeah. have an essay. To Bobby, I'm glad you made it to the Royal Rumble 93. You know, always yes. believe in yourself. Love Brett, you know, something. And he gives him to the kid. And Razor Ramon throws his toothpick at this poor Make-A-Wish yes. kid. That was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I, I was looking at that kid. I was like, that kid's like in in his 30s now so do you minimum think it's been 30 years he's yes. 40 something do you think he still has those glasses yes if bret hart gave me glasses I, they'd be in my house still yeah Definitely. he just didn't seem like too excited to get them so i wasn't sure that's that's what made me think of that he's just like okay you can put these glasses on me i'm just gonna sit here he wasn't like even after brett leaves he's just like i'm just gonna sit here with these glasses on i think he's not a plant but someone who's like he's covered in already signed shirts and stuff oh okay so that's what made me think he might be like from make-a-wish or oh, something like yeah, that yeah, where he's yeah. like did something special for him because he's already wearing a ton of memorabilia gotcha. and then like brett knows exactly where to go to give him the glasses and yeah seems to talk to him a bit yeah that could be it yeah racer gets control super quick but then racer tweaks his knee and just like the shoulder in the Shawn michaels match brett goes after the knee for the next five minutes or so i think brett probably did a lot of the psychology on this match whereas sean did a lot of the psychology on the other match i i feel like both of them thought very similarly mm -hmm. about matches that's probably why brett didn't like sean uh, stealing my shit i mean it gets real ridiculous when people trying to bite your style you know what i'm saying yeah pretty much but yeah they knew they had to be a little bit longer matches both of these matches so the best way to do that in this day and age is to focus on a specific thing and for this match it was razor's knee yeah razor's knee and for razor because brett goes into the post on his side before he also goes into the post you know forwards where you do that like running into the post like brett yeah and the ring post were, were incredible. Like how this oh, yeah. dude kept on making it look like he would go full steam into this post and not like destroy his clavicle is yeah. beyond me. So once again, we get pre-med monsoon with the rib area. Yeah, I th he, he actually called it 
I think Gorilla was getting hungry at some point <laughs> on this because he called it the short rib. The short, short ribs. Goes after area. the short rib. The short rib area. It's going after the burnt ends. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know where that came in, but yeah, that was the whole thing. There's a fall away uh, slam uh, by Razor and they do a quick shot of Helen Hart being very upset. Yes. Head, head down, eyes away. Couldn't watch this match. It was getting a little bit too much for her. How funny would it be if they never smartened Helen Hart up and she actually thought everything was real? I'm sure for a while she did. She probably had to take some of this stuff from Stu. Stu's like, ah, (laughs) don't tell mom it's a word. That was actually Uh, one of my favorite things. Did you hear um, Bobby the Brain? Brains? (laughs) Does Stu Hart impression? That was awesome. That was so awesome. I was like, go brave, get a Stu Hart impression in there. Because we're supposed to be working on Brett's ribs, we get an oldie they haven't seen in forever, the abdominal stretch. Yes, a good bit of the ad- abdominal stretch. Which was reversed, and then the reverse was reversed to get him back into it, which I thought was very interesting. So Brett, like, hey, I could get out of an abdominal stretch. Mm-hmm. And Razor's like, well, I know how to get you back into it after you've gotten out of it. Yeah, it was a lot of good back and forth. And that's what helped this match. In its length, it seemed like for the most part, you know, Razor was on top kicking Brett's ass. But then every once in a while, like Brett would get like one or two moves in to get the crowd back into it. And then it would go right back to Razor. And that was a good bit of like what helped the length of the match. While Razor's going off on Brett, people are starting to get, okay, like, all right, Razor's kicking his ass. Razor's going, oh, here comes Brett. Here comes Brett. No, not yet. Not yet. So yep. it kept this match moving for me. I like how Razor sells the knee mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. When guys do this, it really makes you think, did he really get hurt? Yeah. When yeah. they're selling like a knee injury for three quarters of the match, you're like, did he really get hurt? Is his knee really f***ed up? Yeah. And Razor almost has to be convinced. The only time he like gives away that he's not really hurt is he only pretends his knee's hurt while he's walking. When he actually mm-hmm. executes a move, he's like miraculously cured. Yes. But he's also wearing a knee brace, which is selling it even more to me. Like, oh, his knee was maybe is already hurt and now it's yeah. still hurt or hurt more. So he had me convinced for a little bit that he actually tweaked it. Mm-hmm. Razor needs slightly bigger trunks because <laughs> he wrestles this match with one ass cheek hanging out for a good <laughs> chunk of time. We got Razor ass. The Razor's ass. The Razor's ass is there in full sight, in full view. Vince, what am I going to do? I'm like really having shoulder pain. I don't think I can do the razor's edge right now. It's the razor's ass. (laughs) I don't think uh, Scott ever wrestled in anything but trunks. The only time Razor Ramon wore pants is they had drawings of it, like what the character was going to look like. There's websites and uh, YouTube that have like the old creative services prototype drawings of outfits. Mm -hmm. And one of them is a long tighted version of Razor Ramon. And they show that it actually went into production, like a dark match before he debuted or something, had him in long purplish blue tights that look like the razor tights with razors all over him and stuff like that. And I think they took a look at that like, God, I can't see his beautiful legs. (laughs) So they got, they got him out of that. Yeah. New school dive through the ropes on the razor. Tope Suicida. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, and you were talking about the back and forth where they'd always shut down, like, the comeback. Mm-hmm. They shut down the five moves of Doom. We get yeah. we get I six moves of Doom. We get the inverted atomic drop. We get the clothesline. Mm-hmm. We get the backbreaker. We get the second turnbuckle clothesline. We get the bulldog. We get the neckbreaker. Mm-hmm. And then there's a sharpshooter attempt, but the ref gets bumped. Yes. Hart was a little pissed at. He's like, what do you mean Sean's doing a ref bump? We're doing was, a ref bump. It wasn't really like a full-on ref bump because they don't knock the ref out. Well, Hefner's no punk. Hefner's not going out like a bitch. <laughs> I, I don't know if he was supposed to get like knocked out there, but he fell so gingerly that there was no way anybody would believe that he was knocked out. Yeah, it's like, I'm not selling that shit. Yeah, exactly. You can lay it in if you want me to act like I'm getting knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> Hefner gets all belligerent. I'm not selling your shit. Heart's going back. It's like, Hefner's like, no selling any of our crap. I don't know what's, what's going, going on. Put this guy in his place. After that sharpshooter attempt, we get a weird cover mm-hmm. by Brett where I don't know if something went wrong here. Like, 
but it looked like he like pulls Razor down in like some sort of inverted sunset flip type thing. Pulls him down into like a three count, doesn't work, and then he converts it into another sharpshooter. Yes. So it, was, I, it was almost like they became a transformer. Autobots, transform and roll out. Well, I think he liked being able to hit it's like the rko out of nowhere it's like yeah. the sharpshooter out of nowhere like the guy jumps off the top rope and he catches his leg and then pretzels him into the sharpshooter and i think he just liked being able to hit it unexpectedly because the sharpshooter is like one of those moves where you really don't hit it out of nowhere it's very very obvious i'm going yeah. to grab this guy's legs i'm going to stomp him so he's softened up i'm going to grab his legs again and then i'm going to let go of a leg i'm going to like wrap one leg around i got to pick up the other leg and put him in some kind of weird four thing and then i got to flip him on his back like it takes forever yeah to yeah. put the sharpshooter on so to yeah. hit it in a new way or from an unexpected way where you're like holy shit he's in the sharpshooter I also, Hitman liked to do counters that were as good as the move itself. Oh, yeah. Everybody does that really shitty 24-7 championship oh, roll-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like yes, the, yes. the surprise. Hart the wouldn't surprise do that. Roll-up. He would he would figure out a way to like monkey himself around you to roll you up. Like he, yeah, he, it's the difference between the roll up and like an executed small package. And no one does the small package anymore. Where it's no. like all of a sudden you're like trapped up, like you got octopus into this thing. No, it's just like a scoop roll up. Like all you should do, have to do is like turn your shoulder a little bit because there's no pressure on you. Mm-hmm. When Hart would do it, you he looked like he locked you into something. Yeah. Hart was always good with that. Like he escapes the razor's edge and then escapes a bow and arrow and then escapes into this, the sharpshooter out of nowhere. That's his whole like idea behind matches like this. He's like, okay, what are your major moves? All right, put me in that move. And then I want to try and figure out like a really, really cool way to get out of it. Yeah. What's going to work? It's like Houdini over here. Yeah, exactly. I, I felt like, you know, when Brett gets razor in the sharpshooter, he's submitting to it almost immediately. I felt like it would have been cooler if he could have drawn it out just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that move was kind of protected for a long time. Like, you were in it, you didn't get out of it, and you immediately tap. Mm-hmm. As opposed to now where it's like, you could power out of it, and you crab walk yeah. your way to the ropes. Like, no, if you were in the sharpshooter and Brett puts you there, you're done. That's how they do a lot of, like, the submission moves now. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, somebody's in the submission move, and they'll hold out. It's it's not like they submit right away. Yeah. They, they They hold out for as long as they can, and then they'll eventually submit. I like yeah. that better. They wake Stu Hart up to <laughs> see Brett Pose. Like, get up. Yes. You won. It's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> Hogan poses. Hogan poses. Yes. Yes. Brett holds the title high in all the quarters there. And we all can go home happy if that was the end, but it's not. It's not because the brain leaves to unveil Narcissus. Yes. Not only does the brain leave, but we follow the brain leaving <laughs> they have brains like hey i'm gonna unveil narcissus one hour 15 minutes 51 seconds in they have a strip club worth <laughs> of strippers oh like, yeah the godfather's hose like papa shango should have been sitting next to these <laughs> i don't know who these people are or why they're there but it's like three hot chicks yes in that's in, the poison girls in, no is is it I think that's the Poison Girls. They're, oh. they're in the front row. It's the same ones. Yeah. The other one, Cece looks so much older in the other yeah. match. Yeah. But it's like, why do they have a strip joint in the front row here as they're calling out Lex Luger? Lex's music is nine shades of terrible. It's like oh, bad yeah. wind band music. Yeah. Lex does this really uncomfortable unveiling. They lift a sequin shower curtain thing. Yes. Off of this big golden, golden silver shower curtain. Because it's like circular around this little dais that he's on. He's kneeling dressed like he's from Krypton. Yeah, I expected him to like stand up naked like he's the Terminator. (laughs) Yeah, he's in the Terminator pose. Like he just (laughs) got beamed there. Yeah. He he is surrounded by what can only be described as what you have to stand in when you're at a men's warehouse to get sized for your suits. Like the tri-mirror from every direction so you can (laughs) see if it, you know, if it, Bits from the front and what your ass looks like from either side. He does this really uncomfortable unveiling with Bobby the Brain making it way worse. Like, oh my God, it was oh, so Lex. uncomfortable. T- so take it off, Lex. <laughs> exactly. no, don't tease us, Lex. Let's show us all 
It was so bad. It's so awful. You know, just everything that Bobby's saying is the complete opposite of what he should be saying. First of all, get rid of the the robe. Yes. Okay. The poor Beverly Brothers. They're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's our shit. Exactly. We got some perpetrators. A bunch of ice wannabes. <laughs> he stole a bunch of fabric from the Beverly Brothers. And then like he does like the slow reveal, which is stupid. But, you know, okay, fine. Have the mirror. Don't have Bobby talk. Please. No. And then just, you know, just stand up, get some better music and then do your posing. And this would have been a much better segment. Then I would have believed the the whole narcissist thing a little bit better. All right. Here, here's probably the brain's commentary as I'm reading it off of the closed caption. Which, okay. So Lex has finally stood up. Yeah. Oh, time out. Narcissist, by the way, is Lex Luger <laughs> because yeah. they actually unveil him and they say narcissist Lex Luger. Yeah. And they have it on the not so titantron behind him. But right. it, that's why it says the narcissist and not Narcissus. Right. So, you know, they've got all kinds of mixed signals going on there. Is he Narcissus or is he the narcissist? Well, on his sign, it says the narcissist Lex Luger. Well, the brain says, don't tease us, Lex. Don't tease us. Show us. <laughs> you need to put like some like stripper music behind this in yes. production. <laughs> I'm going to do If I could pull this up, I'm going to do this in Nazi Sherry. <laughs> Show us what the world's waiting to see. Yes. Well, that's what it needs to be. Oh my God. And then he starts holding his uh, robe out and undulating it. Yeah. You have a reason to love yourself. Uh You have a reason you're the truly the narcissist. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me get this for you because he's stuck in the robe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he couldn't get it off. He's like, what do I do with it? Am I supposed to throw it on the ground? What am I going to do? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, feast your eyes. Feast your eyes on Batman. On Batman, look at the muscle man. Look at the bicep. Look at the chest. Look at the abdominal region, which I thought was hilarious. Look at that body. Oh, yes. You are in love with yourself. And you have every right to be. You are the narcissist. (laughs) The greatest creature. Gifted. You are gifted. You're the only thing that I can say. I have no idea what that <laughs> even means. You're the only thing that I Eat can say. Eat your heart out, people. Meanwhile, the camera is like going between his butt, in between his legs to get the oh, shot yeah. of the mirror. Everyone here wishes they look like Lex Luger, but you don't. Oh my goodness. This, uh, oh uh, yes. Oh yes. Look book. at the definition. Look at that. Lex, please turn around and show the world. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. This is so bad. <laughs> oh my God. I know how you feel about yourself. Oh yes. And then he starts doing that thing where he makes his text dance. Yes. Yeah. Look at that. Oh my God. Most muscular. Oh, eat your heart out, ladies. Yeah, my God. Ladies, do you like what you see? It's so unfortunate knowing like what Lex looks like today that's what i'm saying dude all i had to do is kind of stay average and yeah. every jock every pumped up dude yep look at you now yeah not so much not so much <laughs> i just i was playing the long con that's all i was doing because uh, i'm pretty sure i can kick Lex Luger's ass right now well yeah, well, yeah i'm sure this <laughs> is, is life you'll never see another set of legs like that oh yes and then they cut to the stripper girls just like Love and life. Of course. Oh my goodness. We get to hear the beautiful melodious tones of Lex's voice in his promo. And yeah, it's just, you know, him reiterating everything that Bobby's saying that he is truly incredible. He, he will be, I feel like this is a trope that they use often with a lot of the newcomers coming into WWF is that when you're a newcomer into coming in, you are the most dominant force. Yes. That's, that's just a trope that you hear from time. Everybody's a dominant force and I will be the most dominant force in the WWF. I am beyond perfection. And that was a good segue for him to call out Mr. Perfect. So we know, you know, we know what's coming. Yes. No mention of Ric Flair. And I know why. So remember I said, I don't think he makes it to the rumble. Yeah. He makes it one day past the rumble. Oh, okay. Alveder Zane match is the Monday after. Okay. And gotcha. and that, that'll be the end of him. All right. So did you like the pay-per-view so far, Fan? 
I did. I'm enjoying this one. I thought the matches that we've seen so far are really good. A lot of good storytelling in these. It's not just, you know, beat down after beat down. We have some good uh, ring psychology, mm-hmm. if you will. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with this one. Royal Rumble has always been my favorite pay-per-view of the year. And this one has, for the most part, I'd say lived up to uh, my expectations. My red tight of the night is the Beverly <laughs> Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't do anything, Beverly. Yeah. Whoever took the Frankensteiner, go get yourself checked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I suppose my red tight of the night should be Jimmy Powers, but we didn't get to see the match. So. Oh, unfortunately. We literally had a red tight on this show. Yeah, which we didn't get to see. That's unfortunate. I liked the matches. I thought this this was the best pay-per-view for matches that we've seen. Mm-hmm. I think the only match that we have seen that was better than what was on this card was probably Hart Bulldog. Yep. Match of the night, I'd have to give to Brett and Razor. I think they definitely had the better match than the Gennetti match. Yes, definitely. With I Sean. would agree with that. I As a matter of fact, I think Bossman had a better match than the Sean match, which is kind of weird to say. Which may be why we didn't see a lot of Sean versus Gennetti. They do drag it out one more time because I think Gennetti actually beats him for the Intercontinental title. Yeah, I think that, but, that happens on a Raw coming up sometime soon. But other than that, I think, yeah, it's a good start. Oddly enough, we were directly at the midway point of the timeline. So, yeah, halfway through. So here we are. Remember when shows were less than three hours? Or two days. <laughs> exactly. Jesus. Two yeah. days with like half the matches. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Now every match needs to be 20 minutes long. With a 15 minute movie trailer. Times were much simpler back then. That's right. That's why there's AEW. Yeah. All right, dude. All right, man. Sayonara Undertaker. Sayonara Undertaker. Shawn Michaels has left the building with the belt. The belt. Yeah. And Sherry's shoe in his eyeball. 